Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, before we get to uh, a ton of transfer quarterbacks in, in the past week, we have uh, the coaching carousel. We're, I think, closing it out, at least for now. I think this was the last yeah. FBS job opening. Uh, Notre Dame offensive coordinator Jared Parker is off to Troy. What did you think about that hire? Well, so I was a bit skeptical skeptical of him as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame since he wasn't their first choice. Remember, they they were going after yeah. uh, Utah's offensive coordinator, but but uh, but he did pretty well this past year with Sam Hartman. The offense at least definitely improved versus the the prior year. Now, for Troy, he's a first time head coach, um, but he's been around been around a lot of big schools in his career. And so now we just got to see if he can keep this uh, Troy train uh, running after Summerall leaves it with a ton of success the last couple of years. Yeah. You never are too excited when the other program isn't broken up about their coach yeah. leaving. You know, like I think his their performance in big games, Notre Dame fans aren't, aren't too sad to see him go. But, you know, we'll see how it works out. Obviously, they made a great hire last time with Summerall. Um, okay. Let's get to the, the transfer portal here. And before we get to, to all of the quarterbacks, because there's a long list here, one team I got to bring up is Ole Miss because they are just cleaning portal up. King. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they, they uh, extended the Portal Kings contract, Lane Kiffin, oh, yeah, which is right. obviously a good move. And they are also spending, yeah, in the transfer portal. So they, they've got the top two edge rushers, one from Florida, one from Tennessee, the, the number two receiver, Juice Wells from, from South Carolina, the number five corner from Mississippi State, the number two linebacker from Arkansas, and a lot of people seem to think that the number one overall player in the portal, Walter Nolan from A&M on the D-line, is, is going to Ole Miss. We'll see. I, I think he's down to, to them in Oregon. But uh, either way, I mean, even if they don't get him, they, they have upgraded, especially that defensive side of the ball. Because you know with Lane Kiffin, offense can be pretty good. They, they, they could use some help on defense, and they're getting that. So their upside next year is, uh, is way up. It's amazing how he's like made this his niche and working, but like I'm su- I'm just surprised. Like they've got some serious NIL dollars pulling this off. I'm I'm just curious why other other SEC schools are just they're focused more on the old school high school recruiting. Yeah, this it's you're other right. than it's a, a, it's a player's a good niche here and there. for them to have. Like they they're not they weren't able to get elite high school recruits. You know these last few years, but they're getting the elite transfers. Yep. All right, so yeah, getting into one of those quarterbacks that's one of the many quarterbacks that's transferring, and this is hap- happens to be from Ole Miss's rival Mississippi State, Will Rogers going to Washington. And, you know, Kalen DeBoer clearly wasn't concerned about Rogers' down year the, this year. It, you know, it's amazing how much the, the offensive scheme change just dramatically basically ruined uh, Rogers this year after being so productive in his first few years at, at Mississippi State. Um, you, so you pretty much got to figure DeBoer is going to plug him back into a more comfortable system, and I'm sure he's going to turn out a, a big year. Yep, yeah, exactly. Could be uh, like a Michael Penix situation where he was at you know had a great offense coordinator, which happened to be Kalen DeBoer, and then yeah. kind of struggled a little bit after that. But uh, get back with Kalen DeBoer, and he was unbelievable. Uh, okay, so next one we have Aiden Childs is officially now following jonathan smith from oregon state to 
Michigan State. And people seem to be really high on him. He was just a, a true freshman this past year. He was a top 100 recruit, so it was a huge recruit for Oregon State. Um, so you would think he's the big favorite to be the starter for, for Michigan State next year. And Michigan State's just had overall a good offseason. Obviously, just hiring Jonathan Smith, we, we both thought was a great move. They also just hired uh, Minnesota's defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi, which I think is, is solid. So, you know, finally some, some good news for Sparty fans. Indeed. All right. We got Kyle McCord to Syracuse. So there was, Interesting. you know, a lot of, ru- a lot of rumors the last couple weeks about him. He took a visit to Nebraska. You know, maybe the, the Rayola news changed his mind or he didn't feel the fit, but obviously wanted to go to a spot where he could start. He's familiar with the Syracuse new coach, Fran Brown, actually a couple other guys on the offensive staff as well. He knows some of the, he's from the Northeast. He knows some of the other New New Jersey area guys that are on Syracuse's roster. So I think he's just comfortable in that uh, with the staff and players. And for Brown, it's a, it's a great QB to start with. I think he, he gives you a decent floor. Yeah, for sure. For Syracuse, that feels like a, a big get. Um, by the way, uh, not to jinx it, but my Wi-Fi has been perfect so far. I got a new oh. router. Oh, so boy. Here we we've go. had some issues the last couple, last month it feels like, but hopefully All it's, right. it's definitely bound to go out very soon now that I said that. Yes. But no, so <laughs> next one, five-star Dante Moore uh, is transferring to Oregon. He still has three years uh, of eligibility after playing for UCLA this year. And he struggled, uh, of course, but he's a freshman, of course, still has ton of potential so this is kind of i mean for oregon this is great you've you've got dylan gabriel who's going to be the starter this year and then you can develop dante Moore for a year and hopefully he'll be ready to go in in 2025 and that's that's the beauty of spending in nil like they do they can afford to pay what i'm sure is a decent amount for for dante Moore to you know ride the pine for for one year yeah and it was weird because didn't he wasn't he an oregon commit last year and going to ucla Yeah. yeah So felt like home to him, I guess. All right. Grayson McCall going to NC State. And this one's really cool to me um, just because I really want to see what the last few years we've kind of wanted to see what McCall could do at a power five level. He was just so productive. Three times Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year. Now he gets to sync up with Robert and I as his offensive coordinator. You know, I'm sure he still pisses Teal, but I'm really excited <laughs> to see him in the ACC. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, another G5 to P5 transfer, Curtis Rourke at quarterback going from Ohio to Indiana. And I think this is a, a very good addition. He was MAC Offensive Player of the Year in 2022. Just had a very solid career there, dual threat. I think he's the, the best quarterback they'll have had since since Penix. All right, now another MAC quarterback going to Power 5, Daquan Finn from Toledo going to Baylor. He improved his efficiency this year, but this is going to be a jump, you know, going f- into the Big Twelve from from the MAC. He he's an exciting player. Um, if he does end up being QB one, Dave Aranda just desperately desperately needs him to have a seamless transition and and be productive. Yeah. All right. Well, another quarterback we have to discuss is a a high school quarterback. We're going. Uh, we'll have like a full recruiting episode after the. I guess the official signing day in February, even though uh, this December signing day has really is really where most of the action happens. But uh, we'll get to more recruiting when when everything's all said and done. But as Nebraska fans, we got to bring up Dylan Rayola uh, flipping his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. Just 
unbelievable. Trey, what were your thoughts on that? I just, uh, Rule and his staff did a, a great job landing him, kind of keeping him in the loop, uh, just because, you know, Nebraska desperately, desperately needed a quarterback. Uh, their QB play this past year was just dreadful. Uh, and it just seemed like Rayola, he even mentioned it. His heart had kind of always probably been with the Huskers. Grew up obviously being a huge fan with his dad, um, being a legend there. And I think for him, it was just there was a different vibe in Lincoln and and with the the fans kind of you know praising him, wanting him compared to just at Georgia where he knew he'd probably have to sit obviously a year behind Carson Beck again and you know just kind of mix in with all the other five stars he gets to come to Lincoln with a chance to start um and I just think for Rule and Nebraska and even for him it's kind of lets the the college football world know that and recruits know that somehow some way Nebraska is still somewhat relevant um even though they haven't been been good in a long time so hopefully hopefully for, as a Nebraska fan hopefully he can make some noise yeah it is a huge get and just just Obviously, I'm sure he's getting a very healthy NIL yeah. deal, but that is just a very bold move to to go to Nebraska the way the offense was last year. You know, with Marcus Satterfield not exactly the <laughs> highest profile OC. Like that is just that is very bold. Not a decision that I would make, but as a Husker fan, I'm glad that, I'm yeah, glad that he made it. Definitely not a path to the a clear path to the NFL, but hey, maybe he's good enough to overcome it. Yeah, and if, uh, if yeah, I can't wait. Yep. And, uh, okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's get to some bowl recaps, uh, talk about what has happened the last week. So we had a big day on, on Saturday, tons of bowl games. Yeah. All right. I'll start out with the Myrtle beach bowl, Georgia Southern and Ohio, Ohio ended up dominating. So they have back to back 10 win seasons for the first time in school history. They forced five turnovers. They even won with the backup quarterback and a freshman running back. And that, that freshman running back hunt, he had five total touchdowns. Nice. All right. Elena R and L carrier, new Orleans bowl, Jacksonville state beat Louisiana 34, 31. And Louisiana was the beneficiary of two pick sixes and a fumble six. And yet they still <laughs> somehow lost. They lost, uh, in overtime. So Rich Rod, year one in FBS with Jacksonville State, nine and four. Just unbelievable. Really cool. Really good. Um, avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. App State uh, squeaked it out 13 to nine over Miami of Ohio. This game was played in just like a monsoon, just downpour. Uh, there were just pools of water everywhere. There, get, I've never heard this before. I don't know if this is a record. There were 13 fumbles in the game five of them were lost uh miami ohio they had a chance to win late but of of course they they fumbled near midfield with a few minutes <laughs> remaining so upstate like going into next year joey aguilar back should be should be interesting to watch yeah new mexico bowl fresno state just completely dominated new mexico state 37 10 was a was a bad game from diego pavia and uh, on the other side mikey Keene, 380 passing yards three touchdowns one pick yeah, he was awesome. Uh, the Starco Brands L.A. Bowl, UCLA won 35-22 over Boise. This game, it, it started the trend of, of some some teams in bowl season starting well but but fading late because Boise led 16-7 at half, but it really felt worse than that, but they had to settle for, for field goals. Um, Colin Schley got the start for UCLA. He got banged up. And when he got hurt, Ethan Garbers came in and just lit it up. The Bruins looked like a inc- totally different team in the second half. 
They had four touchdown drives. Um, they had over 500 yards. But the highlight of the game was probably before when Gronk sang the national anthem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Texas Tech beat Cal 34 to 14. Not the best game from Fernando Mendoza through three picks and then on the ground, two great running backs. But Taj Brooks for Texas Tech outgained uh, Jaden Knott for Cal. The famous Toastery Bowl, the wildest game of bowl season so far. Western Kentucky, Old Dominion, just bonkers. So Western Kentucky won by three in overtime. Uh, Western Kentucky, they were without Austin Reed, opted out. Coach Helton's nephew, Turner Helton, started, but he got benched in the first quarter. He had a fumble and a pick six. And then they bring in a guy named Veltkamp, who just became like a legend overnight. Uh, He had only thrown six passes in his career. Ends up throwing for 383, five touchdowns. They were down 28 to nothing. And listen to this. Old Dominion, they had a field goal block towards the end of regulation. They gave up a fourth and goal from the 15, almost at the end of regulation. And then they had another short field goal blocked in overtime. Just a total meltdown by them. Oof. That is a a tough beat. (laughs) All right. Well, on uh, Tuesday... December 19th, we had the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl, and Frank Harris was uh, a late scratch for UTSA, uh, but they still got the win, 35-17. Rasheen Ali, the star running back for Marshall, just didn't play in the second half. So um, weird. Which I, th- I think it was basically just kind of a second half opt-out. I think it, it seemed like it. I don't think there was an injury or anything like that. So uh, they could have used him because it was a close game at halftime, but I I was just, but people were talking about it's like why even play in the first half if it's so odd I don't know I think he's like hey I had a good first half I, I yeah, put he on did. Yeah. this was like the biggest stage you know that Marshall might have been on all year yeah. so I don't know and it made a, that game made me feel old watching McCown and Pennington at quarterbacks their sons yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> um all right so let's move on to some previewing some some upcoming bowl games we've got one probably today if you're listening uh thursday december 21st we've got the roofclaim.com boca raton bowl south florida against syracuse syracuse is favored three they obviously don't have dino babers they don't have garrett schrader who's out with the shoulder surgery and when you look at usf they overachieved this year under first first year coach alex golish Um, byron brown had a huge year seventh nationally in yards per game i think they're the more motivated team they have the flashy offense I'm going to back them, but my really my only concern with them is they have their defense is dreadful. They're they're 131st in yards per game given up, but Syracuse offense I think is going to be too one dimensional. So maybe they can overcome that. All right, uh, Friday, December 22nd, we have the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. UCF is favored 5.5 against Georgia Tech. I thought I'd. Well, you know, I, was, I should do it in points. You know, like uh, like a mortgage. You know. <laughs> oh, good call. Uh, Five and a half would be a how good many one basis points days. are they? Yes, <laughs> uh, but anyway, both teams have really great running games. So great, you know, both with running backs and great running quarterbacks. Haynes King for Georgia Tech, John Rice Plumley for UCF, and both teams were dead last in their conference in rushing success rate allowed. So I expect a lot of rushing yards in this game, and UCF is possibly out two or three guys in their secondary as well. So. I will trust Haynes King to hopefully not throw a bunch of picks like he has all year. <laughs> and I'll say with five and a half points and them being able to run the ball, I'll take Georgia Tech. 
All right, we've got the 76 Birmingham Bowl on Saturday. Troy is favored seven and a half against Duke. Two interim coaches, John Summerall left for Troy, or left Troy for Tulane, and then Mike Elko obviously left Duke for Texas A&M. And then you got Riley Leonard who left uh, for Notre Dame, so he's obviously out. That's really the story for Duke. Their, their leading rusher, Jordan Waters, is in the transfer portal. Their second leading receiver as well, a starting corner, an edge rusher, a D lineman, a linebacker. Like they had a mass exodus once Elko left. And then on Troy, they got Gunnar Watson. He takes care of the ball. Kamani Vidal coming in off a 233 yard, five touchdown game in the Sun Belt title. They've won 10 games in a row. Defense is top 15 in, in a few categories. So I don't see Duke being able to generate a ton. I'm going to give the points here with Troy. All right, Camellia Bowl, Arkansas State, minus three against Northern Illinois. And I'm going to go with Arkansas State. I like their their freshman quarterback, Jalen Rayner. He's had a solid year. And Butch Jones looking to get his his first bowl win there. He After a rough couple first years, it, even getting to a bowl is a, is a success for sure this season. And Northern Illinois, several injuries at receiver. So thinking they might not have the, the firepower to take advantage of a kind of a suspect Arkansas State defense. All right, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. You got James Madison favored one and a half against Air Force. Dukes, they get their first bowl appearance, so you know they're excited. The challenge, though, is they don't have their head coach, Kurt Signetti, obviously went to Indiana, as did seven assistants, including both coordinators. Um, they actually had to hire five temporary coaches just to kind of get through this bowl bowl game here. Um they have a, a bunch of offensive starters in the transfer portal, including the Sun Belt Player of the Year, Jordan McLeod. Um, a lot of defensive players in the portal, but apparently some of those guys might actually still play. Um, Air Force, they get their quarterback, Zach Larry Air, back, and he was kind of part of the reason that they started 8-0 before kind of fading late. So I think the Air Force option attack is tough to tough to face, and with all the transitions for, or for James Madison, I'll take Air Force in the point and a half. All right, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Georgia State against Utah State. Aggies favored two and a half. And so Georgia State, they lost some big transfers. They've got four that have already committed to to Power power Five programs. Their top two running backs are out, top receiver, starting right tackle, a starting corner. Wow. So just kind of rough for them. But the biggest reason I like Utah State is that Levi Williams at quarterback owns the potato bowl because a couple years ago oh that's right he was at wyoming he rushed for like 200 yards and forgot about that five total touchdowns and yeah that was like a big deal and i was like wow that's that's gonna be great for him you know be the starter next year and then he transferred to utah state where it was a very odd transfer because i think they still they had um who's the quarter the arkansas state quarterback that uh utah state had um i can't think of his name right now but anyway, they had a quarterback, and so Levi Williams really hasn't played these these last yeah. couple years there, but he's getting a shot here. I think he'll take advantage. And we get to see another French fry bath. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um look that up. I'm very curious. Yeah, now. I know. Remember he was he was he, yeah. he was back and forth with Lane Hatcher at Arkansas State, and then he transferred with um oh now, now I'm I'm doing it again with the the head coach with um Blake Anderson. Lane Hatcher. I know. Um Oh, that's going to bother me. All right. Um, I'll get it. Yeah, you get it. 68 Ventures Bowl has South Alabama favored 17 against Eastern Michigan. They're playing, South Alabama's playing in their home stadium here in Mobile. 
I hate giving this many points in a bowl game like this, but I'm really not sure Eastern Michigan is going to have much offensive success here. They were 128th in total offense this year. Now they're without their starting quarterback and an offensive guard. We also got a key edge rusher, rusher missing on defense. And, you know, South Alabama, they're not going to have LaDamian Webb, their thousand yard rusher, but their defense usually carries the load for them. I see them just shutting Eastern Michigan down, giving the offense short fields to play with. All right, I'm going to give you the initials, Trey, of the quarterback. See if you can. Okay, so we had LB. Yeah. Oh, Logan Bonner. Yep. There we go. All right. SRS distribution, Las Vegas Bowl. We got Utah minus six and a half against Northwestern. And Utah has their two starting safeties and their top receiver opting out. Their third leading receivers in the portal, whereas Northwestern is is only down an O-lineman and just overall coming into the game pretty healthy. So uh, immediately kind of looking to them. I know the point spread takes those into account, but but still, it's just it's hard to lay six and a half with this Utah offense. Bryson Barnes doesn't scare <laughs> you at quarterback, especially without some of his top receivers. And I think, you know, Northwestern is just more excited to be in a bowl game. You got to think the motivation yeah. edges with them. So I'm going to take six and a half points and make it my lock. Barnes is a pig farmer, though. Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina against San Jose State. The San Jose State's given 10.5. I'm going to take those points with the Chanticleers. Uh, you know, San Jose State was probably the hottest team in the Mountain West, but they got left out of the, the conference title thanks to that computer tiebreaker scenario. They might be a little disappointed from that. You got Shevan, Shevin Cordero, who started his career at Hawaii, getting to play there, um, you know, makes a homecoming there for to end his career. Uh, but they have the nation's worst red zone red zone defense. And Coastal, they've played the last half of the year without Grayson McCall. Vasco played well enough. Um, his top target, Sam Pinkney, he set the NCAA record with 57 straight games with a with at least one catch. They also beat six teams this year that are also in a bowl game. So I think Tim Beck's crew can at least keep it close enough in Hawaii. So is the Hawaii Bowl, is that one usually christmas eve but it's they, always usually christmas eve but i think what christmas eve is on sunday NFL. this year so they don't want to go up against that, that that sucks yeah we got because we got a big gap here the 23rd you know saturday we yeah. got bowl games and then we got to wait till the 26th so we got another yeah, bowl they, game? They, they give sunday and monday to the nfl they bowed down come on come on i know on. it's a well, tradition i need that on christmas eve i know uh anyway december 26th day after christmas we got the quick lane bowl Bowling Green against Minnesota. Gophers favored three and a half. PJ Fleck is looking for revenge because in 2021, uh, Minnesota lost at home to Bowling Green. Oh, yeah. Do you remember what the point spread in that game was, Trey? I'll have you guess. It was big. 30. 30 and a half. You were half point <laughs> off. <laughs> wow. Maybe there would have been a 30 at some some sports wow. books. But anyway, so they're... Uh, but they're coming into this game, Minnesota, is four-game losing streak, whereas Bowling Green has won five out of six. And Minnesota down its top two quarterbacks. So Cole Kramer, who's a, a fifth-year senior with a career 14 pass attempts, is getting the start. And he's going up against actually a pretty decent Bowling Green defense. So expecting that Minnesota offense to struggle, mm-hmm. give me Bowling Green and Connor Bazelak at quarterback. Oh, Yeah. Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. You got Texas State favored five and a half against Rice. This is Texas State's first bowl game. GJ Kinney, he seems like one of the you know best young coaches out there. Their offense is fun. They got former Auburn transfer 
TJ Finley throws it all around. This game seems like it should have a lot of offense. Rice likes to throw it around too. JT Daniels did have to medically retire, but AJ Paget has been playing a good amount down the stretch. And the Bobcats, Texas State's defense, they're 105th in pass yards allowed, 114th in points allowed. So I could see I could see a guy like Luke McCaffrey, Rice's uh, you know best receiver, could have a big day. So I'm going to take the points with Rice, and I'm going to make them my lock of this bull week. Okay. Guaranteed rate bowl, Kansas, minus 12.5 against UNLV. And I think we'll see a lot of points in this one. 64.5 is yes. the total. We will see how much uh, Kansas misses <clears throat> Kotel Nicky, who, of course, is, is off to Penn State, the offensive coordinator. He was he was a great one. But um, I, I just really did not like the way UNLV closed out this season. Um, they, their last two games were both, uh, technically at home or well, I, yeah. I shouldn't say technically they both were in their home stadium and, yeah. and they just kind of put up poor efforts in both of them, especially that conference title where, uh, Boise state just ran all over them. Yeah. And I think Kansas can do something similar here. So give me the Jayhawks. All right. Wednesday, December 27th, we got the military bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Virginia Tech favored 10 over Tulane. Tulane, of course, without Willie Fritz, who took the Houston job. Michael Pratt, quarterback's out. Kai Horton as well. So they're down in the third string there. Also out a few defensive players and multiple receivers. They got drilled in the AAC title game. Have to be a di- bit disappointed with how the season ended. You know, all the, after all the, and with all the change, considering that, you know, last year they were in the New Year's Six. So there's a little downgrade for them. And Virginia Tech, they made some progress this year. Brent Price seems to have them at least trending up. They are they come in, I think, with a more motivated team. They just put up 55 on their rival Virginia. I just think the motivation factor favors uh, Virginia Tech. And so I'm actually going to give the points with the Hokies. Duke's Mayo Bowl, North Carolina against West Virginia. West Virginia's favored six and a half. Uh, it's because North Carolina is they, yeah. they're missing a lot here. They've got close to half their starters out due to injury, opt-outs, portal, of course, including Drake May and Tez Walker. West Virginia, they, I mean, they've got a decent amount of guys in the portal as well, not quite as many huge contributors as as Carolina. But but I still think I think North Carolina can can weather the losses in the passing game and just kind of lean more on the running game because they still got they've got four or five uh, offensive linemen you know, starting in this game. Um, and, you know, Marion Hampton just had a, a monster year. They've got a really good yeah. running game. So I think they can keep it within the number. All right, Michael, the direct TV holiday oh, bowl, Louisville seven and a half against USC. I, I really don't know what to do with this one. So obviously Caleb Williams is out. Um, Marshawn Lloyd, the leading receiver, Brendan Rice, the number two receiver, or leading rusher i meant to say if i didn't say yeah. that uh number two receiver brennan rice um so miller moss gonna lead the show we know the defense struggled this year so i would think jack Plummer for louisville would be licking his chops but he he's kind of been hot and cold this year um he's gonna be without be his, hot don't worry yeah but he doesn't have jamari thrash his top top wide out but uh I, yeah like you said i don't see why he wouldn't have some success here um the Louisville defense has obviously been impressive as well. I just, even though, and even though they've a lot, Louisville did lose back-to-back games. I just think Brom will have them motivated here more so than you'd think Lincoln Riley could with with this USC team. I think they're just focused on 2024 and beyond. Like, 
you know, obviously he's capable of getting Miller Moss to and the offense to generate some points. But I don't know. I feel like this is a game. What do you think? But this is a game where I think USC just wins straight up or they just get blown out. I have no no idea. No idea. Yeah. Just with all the, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's just where are they going to find the juice? So I'm yeah. taking the Cardinals, but like, let's just, I wouldn't be shocked though if SC just pulled it out. Yeah, I would, I would probably take seven and a half. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't bet it, but I guess I would take seven and a half just because that seems just like feels a lot. like a good amount of points. But, but I, I wouldn't be surprised by any result in this one. Yeah. So I could no lay down or not. Yeah. I guess you could say that about a lot, but it just feels like this one is all or nothing. But I'm cheering for Miller Moss because he's, he's, uh, you know, been the backup for a while and just kind of, you know, kept his head down and finally getting an opportunity yeah. to, to show what he can do. So, I mean, he's, this isn't his first, you know, start or anything. I think he started. Yeah. But Cal a couple of years ago or last year. Anyway, a couple of years ago. Um, Tax Act Bowl, Tax Act Texas Bowl, excuse me, Texas A&M minus two and a half against Oklahoma State. A&M is out at least 12 guys who played 300 snaps. Um, Just a ton of losses for them. Of course, the coaching staff is in flux, whereas Oklahoma State, mostly intact. Um, So I just think, you know, of course, there was pretty big difference in, in the power ratings between these two teams at the end of the season, but... I think that gap has has closed somewhat with those A and M defections and A and M defensive line is just not nearly as scary as it no. as it could be with with some of those losses. So I think Ollie Gordon, assuming he plays in this one, could have a a big game. And I'm going to take two and a half points with a team that just has way more continuity and I would think motivation. You said Tax Act Texas, but I, I never realized that Texas you could word jumble to taxes. It's so easy. Oh, just flip the A and the E. True. I never that's thought true. that. And there's no income tax, right? So Yeah, it's kind of Texas. ironic in that way. Yeah. Wow. Perfect hmm. bowl sponsor. You could also mix it up to... No, let's not. I can't find anything. <laughs> there's sex in there. I was trying to make that <laughs> there, one more. There is that. <laughs> but I couldn't... Then I got an A and a T, and what am I going to do with that? <laughs> T and A, sex. There you go. <laughs> Made it work. Oh no! Right. Got off so, the rails. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our mom listens to this podcast. Sorry, mom. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for. Do not look up TNA. <laughs> this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Maybe now's a good time to bring up. You can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash College Football Bros. We just put up a uh, bonus episode this past week where Trey and I. Uh, went back through the 10 years of the four-team college football playoff, talked about some of the best games, uh, best moments uh, of those 10 years. I mentioned during half of the games where I was when I watched them, if that's something you're interested in. Key information. Um, But yeah, we'd appreciate your support. And other than that, we will talk to you next week.